has made me think I can this it, it shrinks that number down. Yeah. And it's sort of psychological. Well, I can I can do that. Yeah. That's not I can I can chip away at it and I'll be got right, right stuck into it. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, um, I what's frustrating me is although because we didn't speak about this on the show because it had um, the news broke afterward recorded, but the episodic thing. Yeah. Um, and I was quite funny. I was uh, I can't remember who I was listening to. I was listening to somebody. Oh, it might have been someone I saw on Twitter or something. And they, you know, a lot of people have shouted out, oh, it's episodic, you're just trying to milk us for all your money. Um, and they said, I can guarantee you, if I look at those profiles and go back four months before that game was announced, their tweets would have been, oh, pay anything to play the remake of Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. And it's, it's like, if you don't like what they're doing, play this. Yeah. This is the perfect way to play it in this day and age because you've got that ability to speed things up if you need to and get through that game. The whole point of the remake is to try things. Uh, If you're making that game now, you can't go back and make... What's the point in fucking remaking it dot for dot just with enhanced visuals? There's no point because you've got that game. Yeah. What they're doing is something different. And if they want to do it episodic, fuck it. The thing came on three discs, split it in three parts. That, that's what I I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking too. I'm, I'm not, I'm thinking that they're not going to, everybody's saying episodic. And when you think episodic, I, you think once a month we're going to get a little snippet. No, I think no, what they're going to do is, is like how they did with Final Fantasy 13 is release yeah, one, two, and three. One, two, and three. <laughs> And like the first get the first game that comes out could be all of Midgar because holy shit that's like thirty hours right there. Yep. So I don't see what people are, wait until you learn more. I think it was taken slightly out of context. Yeah, episodic is not the right word. Um, in installments would be the better better way of putting this. Um, and wait, if you don't like what they're going to do, don't pay. Simple as that. But I really. I think the Square have thought very long and very hard about how they're going to do this yeah. to both make money for themselves because they're not in it for fucking charity. Yeah. They have to. This has to make money, but also to revitalize it and keep. You know, they don't want to purposefully screw over the fans. They don't no. want to do that. They want to do it. They want the egg. They want the cake and eating it. They want to make this. They want people to buy it. But they have. They, they have to go about it a different way. This is 2015, or by the time that comes out, 2017. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a different time and just making a absolute word for word remake of that game just isn't going to cut the mustard anymore. No. So I don't know why people are worrying about it. Wait until you see more. I, what I saw at the games, uh, PSX blew me away. Yeah. I can't um, wait. I can't fucking yeah. wait for that game. My only fucking st- complaint with square is they still haven't released final fantasy crisis core on vita it's ridiculous that I game i don't think would sell gangbusters but why there's no reason why um, they should all the other final fantasy games are there no, Ta- even tactics you can I, get on the vita i mean i played crisis core and i liked it a lot but i like i really like crisis core because that was the fo- the lead up to Final Fantasy VII, it tells that story that you only get snippets of yeah. in VII. Um, 
And I thought that was they'd done really well. The combat could have been a little better, but it was still really playable. So yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't. They flick a switch for fuck's sake. It's all they have to do. Why don't they allow it to happen? Because I'll uh, give them my fucking money. I don't know. That may you, you never know. Next year, in the height of Final Fantasy fifteen, they may come out and say, "You know what? We're giving you Crisis Core. It's a downloadable title, twenty bucks." Fucking auto. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like that. You never know. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I just want to let you know, we are, we have been recording this because I thought this was a good conversation. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> you didn't say anything bad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's, it's it's always good to have these side conversations. I do it with Matt sometimes because we, we have yeah, conversations right. beforehand. But, yeah, I'm so Sneaky excited. I'm so excited <laughs> for, for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I'd say bring it on. Yeah. You know, it's it, everything's. I think there's. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think. Well, you know, again, I just think it, it was odd that they didn't announce the instalment thing while showing the the, the new gameplay trailer at the PSX, um, and it was a really weird time because apparently it was like nine p.m. on the Sunday in the it states. Was like the last fucking thing that they that was announced at the show was that. It's like that's a little bit weird but again i don't there's nothing wait until wait until see what happens yeah let's say at the end of the day if you don't like what they're doing you don't buy it but i can get, get they can charge 60 quid um, as an installment and i will be buying that oh absolutely i'll be there day one because it looks looks amazing yeah i can't wait that's my favorite final fantasy game that's my favorite it's one of my favorite games of all time i mean it's got so much nostalgia for that game well it's, it's the one that introduced me to JRPGs and I mean, turn-based yeah, RPGs. It, I've never played a game like that before. I was very much a Western game player. I mean, that's then, the same way with me. I mean, that was like I was, you know, young at the time. I was fucking when Final Fantasy VII came out. When I played Final Fantasy VII, it was like 1998, so I was about 13. Jesus, <laughs> it was it was around the same time as I played Metal Gear Solid. And, you know, and that was the time where I was kind of maturing and, and learning how to play games other than platformers and stuff like that. And I was. You know, like the, that was my first role playing game. Yeah, sure, I may have played Final. Fa- I, I'm sure I played Final Fantasy Four or or, or, or the, the 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 Super NES one, whatever the, whatever you want to call it. But um, I'm I'm sure I played that, but I didn't know what I was playing. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was I was too young to understand it. Um, I did play Mario RPG. I will I will say that I did play Mario RPG on the Super NES, and I did enjoy that. I actually beat that game when I was a kid. Um, wow. Um, it was a simple game. It, it really yeah. was. It was. It was kind of a simpleish, simple kind of game. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy VII was the beginning of, and I mean that was like the height of Square Soft. Man, you couldn't beat Square Soft. They were like the company, you know. Mm. And it was like you know Konami and Square Soft. They, yeah, I mean, they, they were, were they prolific were fucking, in those years. Yeah, and now they're like they're kind of shadows of their former self, especially Konami. But well, <laughs> but I mean, you know, but back then, I mean, when the new Final Fantasy came out, everybody fucking bought it. You know, that was the thing. You know, eight, nine, hell, even ten. You know, the people people went nuts over that stuff, and seven was fucking mm. fantastic because it was, you know, when you, when you think of role playing games, you think of knights and armor and and swords and and dragons and shit. And then this guy, there's a guy with a machine gun for an arm. You know, mm. and it's and, and stuff like that, and it, it was something you'd never seen before. You know, I was I was really excited just to see that stuff, and man, I fucking love that game. I was just like even just hearing the music 
gets me in a start off. <laughs> As I say, that, that theme that you get with Final Fantasy VII is a tit. It's so yeah. good. I just leave that fucker on. <laughs> it's plays, so pleasing. It plays Eris' theme, and, you know, it's, that's such a sad fucking song. And I was just like, well, it's, it's really beautiful. But anyway, hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Phoenix Down. I uh, I don't even know what number it is. It's 40... Shit, 40-something. Uh, unprepared once again. Well, i got to bring my email in because we got an email. Yay. Which I should probably save with Matt, but I'm going to read it out anyway. Ah, oh, fair Because it's, it's a good email. Uh, it's, it's somebody <laughs> suggesting a game to us. 45.1 is what we're on. And we are continuing our playthrough of Psychonauts. Uh, man. Well, I guess we all get the elephant in the room out of the way with um so drew yes sir are there any games that you really want to see a sequel to but you don't think it's going to happen because well, if you tell me what they are i will pronounce it on this show as never happening yeah and then about three days later you'll probably get it yeah no that day we'll get it <laughs> that's how good we are we recorded last thursday before the video game awards and John himself said, I, this, "It sold so." We were talking about how it sold so poorly. Yeah, that's something we'll never get a, new, a sequel of. Three hours later, they what a dude! Psychonauts. Oh God, I can't. But I just typical. I can't believe that happened. I honestly, I mean, that did, and they released the numbers. I mean, before that got released on Steam, it had sold what just over seven hundred thousand copies. It doubled its. Um, it sales when it came out on Steam, but even then, you know, 1.5 million. It's it's not a lot in this day and age. Yeah, and it's like I I honestly never thought we'd see it, and then fuck me, did Tim Schafer come and kick me in the balls? <laughs> if we're that good, then I want to go ahead and say we're never going to get a sequel to Legend of Dragoon, <laughs> which we may never do. But you know, if if we are psychic. I want yeah, well, I, you know. I want a sequel to Legend of Dragoon, but um but yeah, so yeah, Psychonauts two is coming, so how topical are we? We're uh Yes, that's first one. I'm I'm excited for it. because um, I think that, that game does deserve a another chance, or that franchise deserves deserves another chance. And fair play to Shave, he was upfront about how this is being funded. Um, you know, the three point three million um, and do a little bit of fact check and find out while I'm talking what, okay. what it's on. Uh, but the 3.3 million is um, uh, the Kickstarter that the Rast will not kickstart on the. Um, um, it's their own, yeah, it's their own yeah, personal fig. kind of thing. Well, it's uh, Schaefer's involved in. He's one of the board members of it. Um, that's just a drop in the ocean. They're putting their own money into this as well, and they have got a third party involved. Um, although I don't think they've said who I would imagine it's a publisher. Um, I wouldn't imagine it will be Activision or EA. <laughs> just, no. just, uh, just, a, a hunch. Me, just a hunch. Um, but that's they basic. I don't know what the 3.3 million they're asking for is for maybe just to tip it over the edge. Um, but I think a lot, that's just probably only, 20% of the budget that they're going to need and that they've got allocated. So, um, 
I think this is a good way to get it back into uh, the game public's mind. Um, you know, we've got this, this is going to happen, go back it um, or invest. Um, so you can invest some money into it and potentially yeah. get money back yeah. at the end of it. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's the way things are done now, I guess. Yeah. Um, and y- yeah, you can't blame him for using fig because Tim Shave is involved in that as opposed to Kickstarter. But, um, I think he'll hit the 3.3. I knew it. I know it like in 24 hours, it got to like 1.2. It's currently at 2.3 million. So they need another million dollars. And they've got what? 30 days, uh, 32 days left. They're going to do that. Yeah, probably. So we are going to, we are going to see, I think Psychonauts too, but they have also said that they've been realistic with the date, not until 2018. Yeah. So we've got a ways to go. Um, but yeah, we're topical. How, 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 I just, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, we was, uh, when the game awards was on, uh, me, you and Ken were, um, uh, we were Skyping, um, you know, shooting the shit over the show. Yeah. And just, I could hear, I think you could probably hear mine as well. I could hear your jaw drop when it was like, what the fuck? We're fucking mind readers. It was just, uh, it, yeah, it, that was just, yeah. Oh, oh, I just don't know. Still makes me laugh. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're not talking about two. We're talking about one, aren't we? Yes, correct. (laughs) The last we left off, we were, um, Raz was, um, having to go meet, um, Lily, uh, at the docks at night. Uh, that's when the game kind of shifts a little bit. And, um, you know, it, the beginning of the game ta- takes place during the day. The rest of the game takes place at night. Uh, and at night, bad things come out. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> you got bears and the cougars, cougars and, and all, yeah, all sorts of stuff coming after you. All of them with psychic abilities. Yeah, typically. But, um, so yeah, we, when we go to meet Lily at the docks, uh, unfortunately, um, after a little bit of banter about like uh, how she wants, she she basically wants to make out with uh with Raz. Yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we do? I don't know. Let's make out. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've come to the conclusion that um, Coach Oleander um, is stealing the brains of all the kids so he can power up his army tanks. And he's using it. Um, he's he's doing it through uh, this evil doctor dentist guy. Yeah, whose well, whose identity we still don't know. Whether it's somebody in the game or we don't. You know, it's just this thing we're seeing, isn't it? Yeah. So um, while we're doing this talking and stuff like that, she um, Lily gets kidnapped. She gets uh, grabbed by this weird suction thing. And then thrown into the mouth of a lungfish, <laughs> which looks is is a lungfish a real fish? I have absolutely no idea because it, it looks like an anglerfish. Those oh, it does. Yeah, it does look like an anglerfish. It's got that little yeah. thing on that the spouts out off his head. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, a lungfish is a real fish, but it looks like an eel, kind of. Okay, so at least we know it's definitely a real fish. Then. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, this one looks like an anglerfish. It's got the little thing over its head that, that looks like a light, but it actually is a suction that grabs people. And then it it basically gets Lily gets eaten, but it's, she's not dead. She, he doesn't chew her up. He just throws her in her mouth and then swims off. So we have to go after her. Um, and we do so by a pretty fucking tedious thing. Having to, since we can't go into the water, um, it's kind of cool how they, how they do it. So Raz goes into a bubble that's underwater. And while we're trying to track the lungfish, the lungfish is actually moving the bubble. So we have to keep running. Yeah. And this was, I got very frustrated with this section because the camera Mm-mm. is no longer controllable. Yeah. Um, it zooms out quite considerably from what you're used to. Yeah. And I guess it has to, cause you have to kind of see where the bubble's going. Yeah. Um, but there were several times when it wasn't making it totally apparent where you need to go next. Yeah. And that was a bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing the the interesting thing about that sequence is that we're seeing it we're seeing the 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 bubble and raz and stuff like that through the eyes of the lungfish and we're watching raz move around uh what i thought was really cool was whenever you get close to the edge of the bubble you can actually see the hands that normally grab raz if he gets into the water yes and they're like sitting there waiting to grab him if he goes out into the water and that's a really cool. Like, there's a lot of cool little sections like that, which I, I will talk about. Um, but yeah, after jumping around, we have a boss fight with lungfish. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what the fuck to do. I had to look at the fact because during that fight, I was like, "What do I do here?" And you have to you have to lure the lungfish into trying to hit you with its little tentacle thing, and it, a clam slams down on it and it gets stuck. It is, um, and this is, uh, I think, a main theme for for this game. There are, it's not great at kind of telling you, hinting. I mean, you don't want it to tell you what to do, you yeah. know, but you want hints. Or yeah, you, you're left to will... your own devices way too much in this yeah. game. And you're just like, I don't know what to do here. And, you know, and the, the bad thing is, is like you'll eventually start losing life and you'll lose a, 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 you know, a life itself. And then you have to start the whole thing over. And I was like, I don't, this isn't turning into fun this is turning into tedious yeah just trying to figure out what the hell to do um but after that boss fight i mean it like once you figure out what to do it's kind of easy you just lure it over to one of the clams and it slams down on it um we actually had to go into the mind of the lungfish yeah which was is, to be fair the the best part of the playthrough <laughs> so far this this was like the one of the best best um levels yeah uh, it's very humorous well i have to say waterloo's not bad which we you haven't got to um no waterloo's really cool it's like just how the aesthetic is and everything uh, okay but but this one is is actually just genuinely funny um when you go into lungfish opalypse oc- fucking lungfish lungfish opalypse yeah. there you go <laughs> when, you, when you go into his mind it is of a city the difference is, is that Raz is actually gigantic. He's the size of a building. 
And the entire level plays out like a Godzilla movie um, where Raz is a giant crashing through buildings and they're sending the army after you to try to stop you. Um, <laughs> the little squeaky navy. <laughs> yeah, there, there is it's so so uh, charming. Uh, and like every time you get like news reports, they got news updates. Like uh, well, I can't remember what they call him. It's like something about the, his goggles because he wears his goggles. Oh, the goggle goggleor 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 yeah. <laughs> stepping through the city, and he's he's killing everything in his path. And don't forget, uh, kidnap children. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's ends with kidnap children. Because you are li- technically liberating them because they, the lungfish, um, his mind is under the occupation of Oleander. Um, but it's like, it's just, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, it, it's it's so, it's so good how he thought of that. Cause, cause like you're in the mind of the lungfish. The lungfish has been told you need to kidnap all the children. So you're constantly hearing that in his mind through news reports saying, don't forget to kidnap the children. Mm. And it's, it's so great how they do that stuff. <laughs> It's, and it keeps going back to it. It's like this news report is brought to you by kidnapping children. <laughs> and it's, it's so good. Um, and you, you're stomping through the city and it's playing like kind of like Godzilla music and stuff. And um, it, it's really, it's really, really interesting. And so, uh, you, you know, you travel through the city. Uh, you, you're liberating uh, some of the, uh, the, the, the lungfishopolis people. Um, who are not against you, and they they're like rebels. You. Yeah, the rebels, uh, and they're um, they're 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 trying to help you, but then they're like, ah, we you got this. There was that, <laughs> that one point where they're like, okay, you you got the boat now, help me shoot some of this navy guys down. They're like, ah, we can't do it for insurance purposes, and, so, <laughs> and that's the name of the achievement that unlocks when you beat this. The, it's like for insurance purposes, um. But you eventually make it to uh, – like I'm, I'm skipping through a lot of stuff. There, there's a few things we got to do. Like we got to go through a bridge and stuff. This is also where we get the power to uh, shield ourselves, um, which actually comes in handy for a good amount. I just wish you could use the shield and move at the same time. You can't. No, you have to be – you're in, stuck in, in, in this area, aren't you, in this spot, stuck in the spot essentially. Yeah. Um, so we have a psychic shield, which we're going to use a, a pretty damn good amount. Um, so, um, but yeah, we eventually make it to the boss fight and the boss fight is, is actually with a projection of coach Oleander, um, as a kind of like a superhero mm. who's supposed to fight the Gogalore. Um, and uh, he's he's using all his special abilities and stuff, and it's real cheesy. He's like it's like a Japanese anime almost, where they he, he always calls out the special moves names yes. while he's doing it and stuff like that. Um, but we beat him, and um, the the lungfish uh, loses the mind control of uh, of Oleander, and uh, the lungfish kind of uh, joins our side, tells us it's like, "Why I, t- I can take you to where I've been taking the children." Uh, which is on the other side of the lake. It was an old insane asylum. Mm. Um, so he takes us, or it's actually a woman. I can't remember. Linda is her name. <laughs> but it, yes, Linda. It, it, yeah. it sounds like a man with a deep voice. It's like, I was told to take all the children. What's your name? Linda. Yeah, yeah that was quite <laughs> funny. Uh, uh, so uh, Linda takes us to um, to the other side of the lake where the insane asylum is. Uh, and here is where we meet 
a few other interesting characters. One of them being we can't get into the insane asylum itself until uh, we talk to the postman. Uh, and the postman has lost his mind. He's he's at the gate and he's, he's just going back and forth trying to, to come up with all these different weird conspiracy theories. Um, and he tells us that the milkman has the key to the gate. And we're like, okay, well, how do we find the milkman? And he won't tell us. So we have to go into his mind. Um, and I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, uh, Boyd. Boyd. That's it, Boyd. So when we go into Boyd's mind, um, he has, he, he's in his mind, he is locked up in his house. Um, and he has got he, it, like a conspiracy theory does. He has like all these um, different like uh, pictures and maps and stuff like that all over his wall, kind of like you'd see with like a a detective who's went kind of nuts and is trying to figure out the killer kind of thing. Um, and we get the ability to uh, see through other people's eyes. Uh, it's called clairvoyance. Um, and in this one, I only use it like twice, and I don't think it's a very handy ability, to be honest with you, as far as like in the field, fighting stuff and stuff like that. Uh, but it's used to solve a few puzzles. And uh, we then exit his house, and man, this is this is both a large level as well as a kind of confusing one. Yeah, that that neighborhood is just freaks me out. Yeah. It's, it's a, it looks like a 1950s leave it to beaver neighborhood. Um, but the weird thing is, is the streets start to curve and I'm not talking like curve to the side and stuff. They're starting to curve like a roller coaster <laughs> go upside down and twist and stuff like that. And you're walking on them and the gravity kind of just, it, the camera kind of just shifts to where you're still looking straight ahead. Um, so in that sense, it's kind of like that, the, the picture where the, all the stairs are going all the different ways, you know, that, that art. Picture. Oh, actually, there you go. It, it's kind of like that. Um, so we go down through this neighborhood and we keep running into, these guys in trench coats and the old fedora hats who look like kind of like spies from the night. <laughs> yeah. And, um, they look like aliens, uh, and they talk real funny. Uh, they, they, they talk in kind of like a robotic monotone voice and they won't let anybody pass unless they're part of a certain group or a team. And they're like, well, we're the road crew and we can't let anyone, who, anyone in who doesn't have a road crew sign. So we have to go get a road crew sign. And then when we hold it up, we're like, hey, I'm with the road crew. We're like, okay, come on in. And let you on in. And you, that, that you're going to use that for multiple things as far as solving the puzzle of this level itself. Um, and you got to go through all these different things. you got to get a plunger because you're on the sewage team. Or you have to go uh, – God, what else were there? There was a, a watering plant. So you have to get like a, a – um, a watering bucket. A watering can, yeah, and flowers to go through the graveyard. So we got to find the the where the milkman is, and the milkman, well, what what Boyd told us, the milkman's dead, and we have to go to the cemetery to to find him. So we um we have to that that's the main goal is to get to the cemetery to find uh the milkman's body, 
and when we do, uh, we, we, you know, after solving a bunch of puzzles and stuff like that and running into a bunch of these guys, um, who are looking for the milkman, um, <laughs> these, these weird alien guys. Uh, and that's the thing about this level of the theme is like this weird, like whole conspiracy. Everybody's kind of watching us and, you know, there's, there's satellites coming out of cars and, and it's, it's like, it, like you go to a building or a, um, or a house or something like that, and like the the blinds are open, you see eyes peeking at you, and there's constantly like uh, bushes. A camera will pop out and be staring at you, or uh, somebody's arm will reach out of a bush and they'll take a picture of you <laughs> and then come back in and stuff. It's really cool how they handle that stuff. Um, eventually, we make it to um, the, I guess it's the book depository. I mean, they get into like some weird conspiracy theory stuff, as in like the book depository, <laughs> a sniper trying to assassinate somebody. I think we can go, you know, who's in the grassy knoll over there, kind of thing. So you know, they, they kind of hint at the Kennedy assassination a little bit. <laughs> um, and the girl selling the Girl Scout cookies was actually the assassin. <laughs> <laughs> And then she she kills herself. She jumps off the the book depository like roof, <laughs> and, like and ex- with a bomb cookie with a, with a bomb cookie, and it explodes and kills a bunch of alien guys. This is fucking crazy. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I mean, this is what happens when you dive into the mind of an insane person. Um, and it's um. So eventually, what we have to do is we have to find where the milkman. The milkman is actually not dead. The milkman has held himself up in this house that is kind of like an island. It's a floating island on the other side of the um, of the book depository. Mm. So um, we make it over there, and the person who is actually the ringleader of all this madness uh, is not only the Girl Scouts, but also the the headmaster of the Girl Scouts, the woman who is in the house. So we have to fight her. I didn't think this fight was hard until she turned out the light. But it's very clever. All right, so explain that to me. I may be missing something. Okay, so I thought it was clever in the fact that it was, it's, I think, the first game I've played where you actually have a second-person view. Yeah. So. Um, Holy shit. I've, <laughs> I've never used that. You You didn't? No. Well, okay, so what happens is she turns the light out, and when you're back on Raz, one of the first things that you see is a little square hovering there. And I can't remember what they called it, but it's a... You basically hit hit your clairvoyance power, and you see through her eyes, Uh so you can see you running at her and attacking her. And... It's the same mechanic in that you have to dodge your bombs and the needles, and then you can blast her. But you're doing it from a second-person view, right? And that's and it is very well. Once you've got that bit, it's actually very easy to beat her second half of a battle. Yeah. See, my thing was is that they're very generous with the lock-on for the mind bullets. Yes, they are. So I just kept holding down the left trigger and just. <laughs> 
when oh my god <laughs> even, even, even in the dark i was just like fuck it it'll eventually hit her and I, I did that's how i finally beat her i did fall one time that was the annoying thing i fell because i i fell off the platform because i couldn't well there you go you beat it without actually needing to use the mechanics yeah that's the thing i like i it didn't even cross my mind to use clairvoyance on her <laughs> wow that's, that's crazy the power you just got yeah <laughs> the power i got in that level I'm not, I'm not looking at like Zelda apparently, um, but yeah. But to be fair though, then again they're not great at that. So for example, one um, uh, this happens before you get to her um, the boss battle. Um, you have once you find where the milkman's at, you have to get in the house, and you can't get in the house because the door's locked. You have to knock on the door, and the cookie. One of the cookie girls opens up, but if you're there, she won't open it up because she knows you're the creepy guy. You have to have invisibility. Yes. But you, they don't tell you that. Yeah. They don't tell you you need to have invisibility. In actual fact, I couldn't even have invisibility at that point because I hadn't leveled up with enough figments. Right. So there was me thinking, well, why can't I get in the door? Well, there's something I had to go to a, a fact and it's like, uh, I haven't got invisibility. So then I had to go back to another area to grind for figments, then go back to Ford, who then gave me invisibility so I can actually get through the door. Right. So then again, they're not really great at kind of directing you. I didn't even know about this ability, and that's part of the mechanic of the game that I haven't got yet. Yeah. that that It's, it's weird because there's multiple times where, like, Especially during this part, because it was so big and confusing and stuff like that, I decided to just look at the fact. And reading through some of it, I was like, okay, I'm glad I kind of read this because it's been telling me a lot. So I already had invisibility, um, but it, like I, I guess I'm kind of with. I'm not really a collector. I've just been like, there's a filament over there. I'll go a little bit out of the way to pick that up. Um, but it, it seems to me like I've I've had a decent amount of time getting the badges I need to, to get all these powers. Um, I think I'm rank God, 48 now, something like that. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things of like, I see a filament over or filament, a, a figment, figment <laughs> of your imagination over there. I'll go collect it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm to the point now where I've ranked up so much that they're basically just giving me enhanced versions of powers I already have. So like now I have the mind bullets that like bounce in between guys, so it hits multiple oh, enemies right. and stuff I like that. I haven't got that yet. Um, I got it in the last, the next section that we that we went through. Uh, okay. So um, but yeah, we beaten her. We then like through through um like finding the vaults that have the hidden stuff, we figure out that Boyd is actually the milkman. Yes. Um, and he, when, when we liberate him, he becomes the milkman again. Uh, and he has, um, he has a, a goal in mind. <laughs> His goal is to burn down the insane asylum using mol everything. <laughs> Molotov cocktails made out of milk bottles. Um, yeah. Uh, but if you, there is a, one of the, uh, not emotional baggages, but there's one of those things you can slap and open up. Yeah, the vaults. And it shows you, yeah, it shows you that he got fired from being a postman, um, and then set the place alight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, bur he burnt. He's a pyromaniac. Yeah, he he burnt the uh, the post office down, 
Then he got a job as a security guard for the insane asylum and then went nuts and became an inmate there and then escaped. And now he's back as the milkman wanting to burn down the insane asylum. <laughs> and from what I understand, he's still sitting out there ready to throw the throw the Molotov at it. But I'm still running around the insane asylum. But whatever. So we, we liberate him. He opens the gate for us. We get to go into the asylum. Um, and this is where we run into basically our next three um, minds that we have to go into. We're going to have to go into the minds of these patients. Uh, the first one being a uh, woman who used to be a well-known actress who uh, the stardom kind of got the better of her. And she went insane uh and i don't know why we need it yet but we need to get her uh award that she got she got like a tony award or something like that um and so we can't get it because every time we get it she's like no you just want to take my trophy and she takes it away from us so we have to go into her mind and try to free her of her insanity and when we go into her mind man <laughs> yeah this is th this part frustrated me yeah this part was just like it's not even a big level that's the thing um in fact there's not much fighting going on uh, no no it's more the problem is is it is more platform based and that can get incredibly frustrating with that camera yeah the um so when we go into her mind we're in this gigantic theater and um, they're supposed to be putting on a play uh, that retells her life story. Um, and uh, there is one guy there who is who's watching it. He is a, a theater critic, and he's making fun of the play the entire time, like kind of like the uh, the two Muppet guys. I can't remember what their names are. Waldorf and Stat Statler, something like that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah he, he's he's kind of like making fun of them from a balcony. Um, and, um, the play can't go on unless her muse comes out and, and, and does her lines, but her muse is not feeling very well right now. She's <laughs> feeling very sad. Yes. Um, and like, I like that. Like you go into the cutscene, you hear somebody crying and they're like, what's wrong? And then she's like, I don't feel very good. And he's like, I, why do I still hear crying when you're talking to him? He's like, Oh, turn that off. She turns. It's like a, it's like a fucking, like just a, like a, a tape recorder playing, crying, <laughs> somebody crying. Um, and she doesn't feel like coming out and doing her lines because she feels sad. So we need to cheer her up. And the best way to do it is to put on a better performance that will encourage her to come out. So we go back to the theater, to the stage. And, um, we decide, well, let's put on the play. So we start doing the play and um, kind of like Phantom of the Opera a little bit. Um, one of the people in the play gets killed by a friggin' um, the sandbags that fall. And uh, somebody had let the sandbag fall. So we got to figure out, we have to defeat the Phantom of the, of the theater. <laughs> so uh, we... we in order for us to make it to the top, we have to make this play happen. And there's three different sets. 
So uh, when we go into certain types of portals on the on the set, it changes the the background. So we have a script that the critic gave us because he said it was a better play. <laughs> so we give the script, and so we read off part of the script, and certain things happen. On top of all that, we have to get the correct part of the script, the correct background for the set, and the correct music or li- or mood. So there's happy mood and there's sad mood. So there's three different things that we have to worry about here: positioning, the 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 mood, and what part of the script that we're going through. Man, this is like like it, it, there's so much trial and error here. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that was again, and it's you don't it. Yeah, it seems just like very. Um, obtuse some of the ways that it works if you know what i mean yeah and it's it's, you know it's like okay you got to set the mood to happy so and then you do the first part of the play or actually you have to set to sad it was that happy you set it to sad when you set to sad enemies actually show up on stage and try and kill you those guys are annoying Uh, (laughs) then you got to change the the set itself to where there's a dragon head and then the script calls for a knight to come in, and what you do is you have the you have it positioned to where the knight will come in and hit the dragon, and then you can jump onto the dragon's head, get the second part of the script that's at the top of the stairs, bring it back down, then rearrange it again, do the second part of the script to where it fits, and then there's a third part of the script. And man, it took like I, I tried. I was like, let me just try it without the fact, and I did. I got the first yeah. part right. <laughs> I got the first part right, and I was like, okay, I got to get to the second script. And I was like, okay, for the longest time, like you, you couldn't figure out how to get to the second script. Um, no, no, because the thing is, is when I did it, and the the knight came and attacked the dragon, the dragon head didn't appear. It vanished. Huh. So that's what I was having real frustration with, is because it, it, it's meant to allow me to jump up, and I couldn't get to that second script. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether it was a glitch with the game or whether I had done something wrong, but, you know, I changed the mood to sad, changed it to the level where the, the night runs into the dragon comes out, the night runs in, but still nothing. It was really weird. And then I had, what did I have to do to actually get it, come up? I had to change a scene again and get them to replay it. So I don't know, maybe it was a wrong, it seemed like it was the same one, but maybe it was a wrong scene because there were three, but I, I honestly don't know. It wasn't helpful. Yeah. The um, but the the biggest thing for me in this one, and the the I, I guess the charming part of this one was just how bad the actors were. <laughs> they're all like little kids, and they're all dressed up like happy flowers, and they're they're trying to act out this stuff, and it, and it literally sounds like they're reading from a script. But that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, and like uh, that was the whole point. Uh, and the whole time, the 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 critics uh, yelling and throwing popcorn and shit. <laughs> and uh, but the, the good, the cool thing is, is that the play itself is actually telling her story of how she she kind of lost it all. Uh, originally, she didn't want to be an actress. Uh, the woman didn't. She wanted to. Uh, I can't remember what she wanted to do, but she she um her mother forced her into acting class and stuff like that and forced her to go to this uh, kind of like a evil reform school for actors 
and uh, she was mistreated there a lot, and she decided to escape one day. And uh, then she became this big star and uh, all this other stuff. So, it, I mean, it was really interesting how they how they handled just telling the story. Instead of you going through slideshows and stuff, they did this whole play. Um, but eventually we make it to where the, the hot air balloon comes down and we get on it. We climb up to the top of the, the rafters and we have to go after the Phantom. And the Phantom is there and he acts kind of like um, God, Snidely Whiplash or something. Uh, and we, there's a lot of platforming here. Um, some of which I didn't like, uh, it was because the, there was times where, you know, you're running down little rafters and stuff like that. And it's fine. You're going to run into a lot of sensors here who try to like stamp you out. And, uh, some of them can shoot projectiles that knock me into pits. And there was this one part where you had to jump on two different kind of like, um, trampoline things yeah that caught me a couple of times and the problem is is that because it's a game from like a, a generation or so ago or two generations really um you only have a certain amount of continues yeah and they if you miss and that's not just an instant restart that's a uh what do they call it higher level of consciousness or something you lose and you re- get rid of those and you have to redo the whole level well, that one part you don't you don't oh, have to do yeah, the playing yeah. stuff over. You got to you got to start from the beginning of that last kind of checkpoint. So you, you basically get ejected from from the brain and have to start back over from from that part of that section. And it really it was kind of annoying. I didn't get ejected from that one. I got ejected from Lumpixopolypse actually, or no, it was I got ejected from one of them. I can't remember which one it was. Um. And it is it is annoying just to have to you, know, you got to select the fucking door again. You got to throw it on their head. You got to see the cutscene, and <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things where you can't skip a lot of stuff. And it's just kind of like a time wasting thing. But yeah, so um, when we make it to the rafters, we're, we're doing all these different types of uh, platforming stuff. We run into the to the um, the phantom. He runs off, and uh, we eventually figure out who it is. <laughs> Um, it is the critic. The critic is the phantom and we're going to, we're going to shut him down. Uh, we make fun of him for, uh, for being fat. That's, that's what made him mad. <laughs> I mean, it really was cause we were like, he's saying, cause he was, he was talking about, I think the phantom is like this handsome, strong man. He's like, yeah, you couldn't have been him. You're too fat. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but he's, that's when he starts the boss fight. And he basically unhinges the the booth that he was sitting in, and it turns into like this flying ship that blasts you during this with boss words. fight. Yeah, with Blast words. Yeah, with words. And those things home in on you. <laughs> and it, oh, it kind of sucked. Yeah, they did. So you had to grab these candles. You have to set the candles on fire, and it shoots these spotlights onto his. But you have to – how do you have to – where do you have to put those candles? Way up at the top. And how do you do that? By floating. And what happens while you're floating? You're going to get hit by the words. Yes. And it's going to fall back down. Really frustrating. Yes. Um, I I eventually had to just watch him the entire time and see the words and try to move out of the way of them. 
and it was it's still hard to do. Like that that fight, I think I had to do like three times. I was like, oh. really? Yeah, that took me the longest time. That was really really frustrating. And the thing is, is that when you come down, uh, when you light a candle and shine it in his eyes, and he falls to the floor, you've then got to jump down, but you got to attack him, and you only get a certain amount of time to do it. Yeah. But you've also got to deal with these critters and and various that are constantly trying to set you alight or, or attack you. And it's really, really hard to do all the time trying to maintain your health. Yeah. It, it gets a real handful after a while. Uh, luckily, there is one thing, a mechanic I forgot to mention. Um, uh, this is like in the insane asylum itself when you're running around there. Uh, you can actually find the brains of all the other kids. Uh, if you take them back to um, Ford, he'll put them back into the kids and it actually adds to your maximum health. So definitely do that if you run into some brains. Yeah, um, yeah, I think there's three that I've found so far. I, I found like probably about six or seven. Um, there's a lot. Um, every kid in the in the camp has their brain taken, except for Lily, uh, which we, we don't know where Lily is. But um, so, yeah. Uh, but after we beat the critic um, – her muse comes out, finishes the show, and we liberate her. She gives us her trophy, and I don't know what to do with it from there, but there's two other brains that we have to go into. Um, I did the next one. Uh, you did not, so we will save that for uh, talking yeah, about Yeah, I, I, I got way too frustrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that one right there, like, like after the first part of that play – I was like, I can't figure this out. I don't have enough time to figure this out. I I did the whole thing with a fact up, and I was just like, I have to because this is this is far too much trial and error for me, you know. And I was like, I don't like, and I'm 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 not necessarily on a time constraint, but I just wanted to do this one level today, and it's already taking me too long. So it, it was one of those things where I was like, eh, I'm not too big on this this level right here. <laughs> It's it's okay. I mean, like I like like the aesthetic of it and everything like that, and how 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 clever the design is for stuff. But this one was just I just didn't like doing that puzzle solving part of it. Um, the next level is actually kind of cool. Um, because we go into the mind of a man who thinks he's Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh, okay, fair enough. And uh, he he is actually playing a board game with Napoleon Bonaparte. And um, you have to help him beat Napoleon um, using a board game. Okay, it's actually really cool. Like that—that's yeah. that, one of my—that's one of the cooler levels. Like up there with like Lumpfishopolis. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to say. Um, but yeah, that—that's one of the cooler aesthetics. So, um, but yeah, we'll talk about that on the next show. Um, so far, I, I'm, I'm enjoying my time with it. It's it's a fun little game. Um, the it, it is most certainly a product of its time, though. Yeah. It, it you know that platforming is kind of rough in some spots. The camera can be rough in some spots. Um, but overall, I think it has a, enough charm and and cleverness to it that it, it like is keeping me interested. Um. There's not much more I can say. Like, how do you feel, John? Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm kind of conflicted because 
there are some great parts so far. You know, the humour is definitely there. As, as we said last week, it's hard to get that right, and they, he does such a great job. Um, maybe it's just because it is an older game, and these things were the done thing. But the, yeah, the, the platforming and the lack of direction, or you know, nudging you in the right direction, has been a real uh, problem. Uh, for me, but again, it's not um, really uh, sport. My enjoyment as such is um, the humor does keep it going, and I'm, I'm quite pleased about that because um, it is hard to get a, a, a game to be funny. Yeah. Uh, now, as we as we mentioned, and it's uh, it certainly does a very good job of that, even if some of the other areas are a little bit hit and miss. Yeah. But yeah, um, that'll be, that's, that's a good place to stop right there. Um, I, we do have an email. Um, this email, uh, comes from, uh, Neo Shakespeare. Um, let's, I, I'll just use his, his, uh, his screen name. His name's Chad. But, um, he sent this email. It says, uh, hi, Drew and company. I've been a listener for the past couple of years. And this is my first time writing in. He put in quotation marks, truth be told, you are my favorite. You are my second listened podcast on my playlist. Second to the N4G radio, of course. I appreciate everything you guys do. He must like your voice. Well, he put it in quotation marks, truth be told, because I noticed it myself. I say that phrase way too much. Well, truth be told. Truth be told. (laughs) I say truth be told too much. I have never even noticed. <laughs> you, you may not notice it, but the the mere fact that I actually go back and listen to every single episode that we record. Oh, do you? I don't do that because I can't bear to hear the sound of my own voice. Well, see, I, I like I don't mind that. I want to critique myself, and I hear that all the time. I I, I start too many sentences with the word apparently, and <laughs> and I say truth be told, far far too much. Um, I say but, obviously too much. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> obviously, that's my and I, I kick myself every time I hear myself say it. <laughs> uh, but he continues saying, uh, honestly, uh, you are my only way to experience some games that I know I will never play. For example, I absolutely enjoyed your episodes on Danganronpa. Uh, and have even considered playing along with you. However, I checked out the gameplay and I just couldn't do it. But the story was friggin' awesome. Thanks to you, I was at least able to experience it in some way. Well, I appreciate that. It's a public service you're doing. Exactly. Anyway, I have a suggestion to you. Uh, I know you are already more than booked up on games that have planned, and I really look forward to The Witcher 2. Witcher 3 it was easily my personal game of the year of 2015. I just recently discovered a series for myself that I didn't know existed, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, the game was on PC. The game is on PC. Uh, in 1999, it was called The Longest Journey. Uh, skip it. This is not the game I'm suggesting. <laughs> Studio Red Thread did a sequel to that game in 2006 called Dreamfall, The Longest Journey. It only came out on PC and the original Xbox because a lot of people had already jumped over to the 360. It was only experienced by a select few. However, it is pretty awesome and the story is fantastic. You can find a copy on Amazon for a few bucks, and it is backwards compatible with the 360. 
The reason I bring this up now is because Red Thread has done another sequel through Kickstarter that was released on PC October of last year. It is supposed to be coming to the PS4 at some point as well. The current sequel on PC is called Dreamfall Chapters, and it is an episodic adventure. It is similar to Life is Strange, but more epic. I know you would love it. However, I also know you like to play games in succession. Here's my suggestion. Skip The Longest Journey, PC 1999. Play Dreamfall The Longest Journey, Xbox 2006. And look forward to the PS4 release of Dreamfall Chapters. Or you can play it on PC now if you can't wait. Anyway, this email ended up a lot longer than I anticipated. Sorry. Uh, Wish you guys the best of luck. Happy holidays and a happy new year. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, he also he sent another one a few, like a few hours later saying also a correction on my part it was Funcom that Microsoft Studios that did um, the last one Red Thread did the current Dreamfall chapters that is out now so there's a couple of things I have always known about the Longest Journey um, I never played it um, and uh, the Dreamfall uh, the Longest Journey is the one I, that I have in mind that I that I, I remember seeing. Um, and I know Dreamfall chapters because Jay has played the first episode. See, that's the thing. Jay was going to be reviewing the entire series, but he wanted to do them all after they had came out. I don't know if they've all came out yet. Um, yeah, because it's an episodic, isn't it? Yeah, but that was last year when that came out, October of last year. So it's been a year Surely to God they finished it. I don't know. See, I, I know that on our review schedule that Ken has, um, the the very first game at the top says Dreamfall Chapters, and it has not been marked out because Jay hasn't reviewed it yet. So I don't know if Jay forgot that it came out, the episodes have came out, or if the episodes have came out yet. But I, I do know of the series. Um, and we'll definitely mark it down as a, as a game that we should definitely try. I'll have to discuss it with Matt and everything. But, um, like I said, I'm, I'm down for pretty much anything. Um, but I have heard very good things about Dreamfall, The Longest Journey. Um, so it's definitely something that we'll keep in mind for a, a later episode. Um, and thank you very much for that email. Uh, anyone else that would like to send an email, you can send us drew at ztg.com. Let me let me repeat that because I said that a little bit too fast. Drew at ztgd.com. ZTGD stands for Zero Tolerance Game Domain. Um, for those, yes, who, we all hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's why we changed it to ZTGD. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, um, but yeah, you can send us an email. You can also follow us both on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury, and John is at John WUK. Um, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix down, uh, post all the episodes there. Uh, and I try to interact a little bit with the, um, with the followers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the best way to get in contact with us. Um, but definitely send some more emails. Uh, I do appreciate that one. And thank you for listening. Uh, it's always good to hear from our listeners. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. You know, we've 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 got about we've we're well past halfway through Psychonauts. Uh, we will be finishing it up next week, and after that, I don't know. Um, Matt is Matt on schedule. Matt, I hope. Uh, I have talked to him earlier this week, and he said that he was working on Metal Gear Five. Um, 
I don't plan on doing another series until we finish Metal Gear 5. And you really want to get it finished this year? Yeah, I really want to get it finished this year, but I I don't know if that's going to happen. Because <laughs> oh Christmas is coming. Uh, I have mm-hmm. no issue dealing with recording on Christmas or like around the week of Christmas. Yeah. But my, my, I have a feeling that Matt will probably go see his family. Um, so he may not be around to do that same way with Ken because Ken was going to join us on that one. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. Um, next week may be the, the final Phoenix down of the year. I hope not. Um, if not, I can probably get somebody on to do an intermission show. Um, but, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, that, that that's something for discussion next week. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Well, I hope I'll get a, in contact with Matt, and we'll we'll do it that way. But um, yeah, that's it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we will be back next week. But until then, I am Drew, and I'm John, and we are out of here. Have a great week, and uh, we'll be back to finish up Psychonauts. Mm-hmm.